You're listening to DraftKings Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You just put out a new pod on this, Ethan. Okay. You seem offended by that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, how dare you? Well, Ethan, we should let you know that last week when Dominique Foxworth asked which guests we're so, so excited about, we threw you out there immediately. You know what? I feel the same way about you guys when you arrive on my pod. You know, it's like we know each other. This isn't anything new. Bullshit. I'm not going to say something where you go, oh my God, I didn't know he had that in him. It's just, it can't be. Do numbers. Yeah, we want to do numbers here, Ethan. We're trying to play the game. Oh. I know you, but I want you to say stuff. I'm not a number getter. I got you. I understand. Oddly enough, you're not. The opposite. You're, you're That's not oddly <laughs> enough. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not famous. No. I'm not trying to be humble. It's true. No, it's not because people don't know who you are. It's the opposite. You're notorious in this internet town. Oh, they hate me. People know who you are and actively avoid the episodes where you're the guest. Oh, geez. Strauss coming. Oh, no. Strauss alert. Uh-huh. Well, then what do I do? How do I make people like me? <laughs> How do I rebrand as somebody people like? Go on Joe Rogan. You should have Ethan Strauss on here. This guy does House of Strauss. It's like a, he's like an ex-sports Stra- journalist. Strauss? Strauss. Strauss. Yeah, I'm sorry I threw you under the bus there with Dominique last week. I just want to get it out there. I am sorry for doing that. Thank you for alerting me to something <laughs> that hurts my self-esteem that I wasn't aware of and I didn't need to know about it all. And now you've told me about it. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I think I'm the most likely name. No, really what happened there, if I'm being honest, is I knew you could take it. Ah, Ethan's the dark knight of this podcast, you know? Ooh, it's a good spin. No, I meant it. (laughs) (laughs) You know why that's so messed up and hurtful is because I look forward to a mean of arriving on my podcast. Because I do numbers when I come to your podcast. Uh, There's always an Amin bump when I come on the pod over there. Look at this. He's like Mark Wahlberg in the latter part of Boogie Nights. Look at the ego. He's what makes this go. You should see my cock. Ah. That happened in the latter part of Boogie Nights. I'm ready to shoot now, Jack. Now. Now, goddammit. I guess we said all this to pump you up, Ethan. Ah. I said all this, threw you under the bus. You got the tire tracks on your back. Before you wrote the article, okay? This reminds me of something that Steve Kerr told me. Wow. Pick up that name, I mean, off the ground. Look at me, Louie. That Bill Parcells told him. What? Whoa, there are levels to this. What is happening? Inception. Inception. It's to motivate players who are underperforming. What you say to them is, oh, I guess I think you're better than you think. Mm. I guess I have more faith in you than you do. Because I know you can be doing this and that and the other thing, 
but you're not doing it. So I suppose I just have more faith in your abilities than you do. And it puts it back on them. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. Now you've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> This is Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, as always, joined by my Basketball Illuminati generals, five stars all around, Amin El Hassan, and our producer, Anthony Mays. Fellas, the war has begun. Media Day is here. The season is upon us. The horns are blaring. Everyone's in the best shape of their lives. It is Media Day. Added 15 pounds of muscle. Don't know about you, boys. Just wait. We're going to get into that. I mean, we've got lots to talk about the whole Ime Doka situation and the Boston Celtics and ESPN and that whole monster big story with the information void within it. We're going to talk with our truth teller pal that we love here on this show, Ethan Sherwood Strauss of House of Strauss. But first... Listening to the agenda with Tom Haberstroh and Amin El Hassan. All right, Amin, on the agenda, what everyone is talking about, Maze. This is something, a phenomenon in the NBA world, which is kind of like the first day of school, media day. Everyone wears their fresh pair of whatever new shirt that they got. You're Chris Whittingham. You show up in a suit for your picture. You unveil new hairstyles, perhaps. New jewelry. You've been working on all summer. Did you see Zion's earring? Did you see that one? I did not. Oh. I was so smitten by the sight of Zion being back to what looked like his rookie weight. To pull the curtain back a little bit on media day, it is usually the end of September. As the partnership of the NBA and the broadcasters and local papers and local TV stations and local writers, it is a car wash. It is an absolute all-day grind. Every single player, you have to go through this assembly line of media for like four hours straight. Mm -hmm. And this kicks off the NBA season. You know what the Knicks did? They stopped calling it media day. Yeah, they changed the name, didn't they? They call it content day. (laughs) They're not wrong. It's very progressive of the Knicks. They hate the media so much that they can't even give them a day. I don't even understand why. First of all, what's the point of being openly antagonistic? And then second of all, hey, Adam, so are we going to do something about this? Man. We're just going to let this happen? 
Okay. The biggest media market in the NBA, New York, in the backyard is anti-media so explicitly that they refuse to put media in media day. Rob Lopez, our guy, tweeting, Knicks are calling content day instead of media day, so I'm sure the media will get full access. Why? Just like why? Why do they have to be extra? Rob then shows the little graphic live from Knicks content day. I hope there was a lot of TikTok influencers in the house for that. Huge pageantry about this. Like I went to the Charlotte Hornets media day, I mean, Maze. Mm -hmm. LaMelo Ball's necklace must have been 18 mortgages. It was enormous, the diamonds that were on this necklace. Kelly Oubre had this great necklace. Zion Williamson had a giant earring. It is very much a time to show off, not just how much weight you've gained or weight you've lost, but also some new stuff that you got in the offseason. It's like Christmas Day almost. You're projecting a lot of shiny optimism. Everybody's wearing their favorite jewelry. Everybody's showing off their new physiques, but it's not all fun and games, folks. Some people, it's just back to work. One of those guys is Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Russ, you said you've bought it. You're buying into the Lakers. Do you think the Lakers are buying into you? Do you think the Lakers want you here? I mean, um, whether that they want me here or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, honestly, my job is to be a professional, show up to work like I've always done. Uh, Thus far, do my job the best way I know how to, and that's it. I mean, we all have jobs that sometimes people at our jobs don't like us or don't want us there, as you guys probably can attest to in any other job across the world. Um, and as a professional and as a uh, working uh, man, I have to do my job and do it the best way I know how. Man, he sounds like me producing an episode of Cinephobe. I can't believe this. <laughs> He's stressed. Ungrateful. He's just trying to put his head down and do his job. But, you know, sometimes other things get in the way. Other better things, brother. Other better things that are better for the franchise than him. That's right. That does get in the way sometimes, Russell. <laughs> Maybe Russell Westbrook should just shut the hell up and, oh. and be quiet and get with the program. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. See what I mean? See what I mean about this environment? Feel the tension. But at least he has Patrick Beverly to hang out with now, Tom. Oh, my God. All of it is so awkward. All of it. We talked about this last week. I think it was just what is he going to do? And it's becoming quite clear, at least from Patrick Beverly's side. He is telling ESPN that he and Russ are best friends now. Ever since he got into the Lakers system, Russ is my guy. I mean, we need the Rocky and Apollo running on the beach montage with yeah. Patrick Beverly and <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Is this before or after Patrick Beverly tells Russell there is no tomorrow? <laughs> Because <laughs> you're getting cut. <laughs> it did seem alarmingly dark this media day. I mean, I don't know if you felt the same way, but we had the Robert Sarver situation. We had Mark Spears reporting on ESPN that this was the most saddest media day, most saddest, most saddest media day that I have ever attended. It felt more like a funeral, he said on ESPN. I knew I should have gone. <laughs> I forgot. I won't lie. I literally forgot. You could have been the meme. I mean, you could have shown up to your biggest haters funeral. Oh, wow. man. I know. I completely missed the boat. I took my kids to school. I came back home. I said, all I got is a bomb overflow to record, and that's it. I'm done. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me watch Game of Thrones real quick. I try to catch up on Lord of the Rings. There's so much exposition going on in there. And I'm like, this is great. I got nothing to do. I was like, let me see what's on Twitter. This is like noon. I look at what's on Twitter. 
Because media day is everywhere across the nation. I knew I forgot to. You missed the first day of school, I mean. I missed the first day of school. You did. <laughs> I was like, I have so much time for activities. We had the Phoenix Suns situation. We had the Anthony Edwards one in Minnesota, just kind of what he wanted to talk about there or explain himself on that front. We had the Charlotte Hornets with Miles Bridges' legal situation still outstanding and having the players. Forgot about that. What a day. Hold on. Charlotte, Boston, Phoenix, Minnesota, Lakers, New York, (laughs) New York not even having a media day. Nets. Oh, the Nets. The Nets, we got not one, but two analogies where Sean Marks said that he's not Katie's boss. They're partners. Yeah. And then Steve Nash took it even further. He says, we go way back. Family? Families go through things like this. Markeith Morris, also a net, saying, my wife and I, we've broken up twice (laughs) and we're still married. It happens. You know what, though? That's an amazing NBA way to clear things up. It's all good. And you know what's crazy about this? Kyrie, he's right. I want to co-manage this team. We're partners. Oh, man. Kyrie Irving said, I wanted to manage this franchise together with Kevin Durant. And you know what, Sean Marks? I'm not Kevin Durant's boss. Is he Kyrie Irving's boss, though? That's a good question. Unaddressed. TBD on that. We'll get back to you. We need another media day to get to the bottom of that, is whether Sean Marks would answer the same way to Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving and the rest of the team. On this flat earth, we're all on even ground, you know? (laughs) So I want to do a roundup, I mean, Mm -hmm. of all the people who are in the best shape of their lives. You want to do this real quick? Sure thing. James Harden jokes that he has lost 100 pounds. Said tweet that. Nice. Lakers center Thomas Bryant says he's 200% healthy. This is some great math already. Ricky Rubio says he's going to be 120% healthy. You know what I say to that? Not healthy enough. Very modest from Ricky Rubio. Just 120%, huh? PJ Washington says he's trimmed down from 242 to 230. Look, if the bar is James Harden's lost 100 pounds, guess what? 12 pounds, not impressed. 12 pounds? Hey, shit. Gets worse here. I was there in the audience for this one. Bryce McGowan's the rookie from the, the Hornets, says he's gained about five pounds. Look, when you have to couch it with about five pounds, it's even sadder. Five pounds, gain or loss. That's just a good or bad weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's water weight. That's yeah. your weight. You are pretty much we weigh the same. Kawhi Leonard. I feel stronger. Yeah, I feel I feel stronger for sure. It's been what 14, 15 months of no basketball. Well, uh, you know, playing in an NBA season for me, no basketball. So that whole 13, 14 month process is just lifting, lifting weights and getting stronger. So. I definitely got a lot stronger. Was there a chance that you would have come back for the playoffs last year had had they gone that far or, or not? Nah? I mean, it's all what it could have should have right now. But, uh, yeah, if they would have made it to the finals last year, you would have seen me playing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I got a number out of Kawhi. Do you think he like weighs himself or is he already have like an internal iOS Software assistant. No, I think he's one of those guys who can guess his own weight. Yeah. Was that Steph Curry? Steph Curry could guess his own weight? Yeah. I think we broke it on this show. Yeah. We had Brandon Payne. That Steph Curry to the 10th place. He can get his his body weight. Austin Reeves is listed at 197, I mean, Mm -hmm. now up to 210. What do you think about that one? I think he needs to start peeing in a cup. (laughs) Kate Cunningham Walked into media day and Dwayne Casey, his head coach, said he couldn't recognize him. Who's that? Damn. Added 10 pounds. Damn, coach. New prescription. 
Dwayne Casey might want to recognize your best player. Said he's like a different dude. How about this? I mean, I feel like Look at Me Louie is the grown-up version or the next evolution of humble brag. It's not that you're bragging. It's that you're trying to come off as humble. You're trying to do it in a deceitful manner. Like you're trying to be not pointing the finger at yourself, but you're absolutely doing it. What do you think about Derek Rose saying he's lost more than 20 pounds Mm -hmm. and did his press conference shirtless? I would normally say, look at me, Louie, Derek Rose, Mm. but he's doing it in such a way that there is no deceit. It is, I am absolutely bragging about how much weight I've lost. But is he doing the shirtless thing in connection with the weight loss or does he just happen to be shirtless? I don't know, man. I think look at me, Louie really needs more of a... It's not quite T.O. doing crunches in his driveway level. Yeah, that's look at me, Louie. That's a look at me, Louie. I'm going to allow it. You're going to allow it, D-Rose? Yes. Fine. I mean, I guess content day was right on target, is that we got that Derrick Rose little picture. Max Struess says he dropped eight pounds in the offseason. I wonder what Poppy thinks about that. Eight pounds. He's dropping out of Poppy's weight class. And lastly, Jalen Green says he's added about 10 pounds, 170, 173 during the rookie season. Now he's officially 182. Look, if you're a rookie, you need to be unrecognizable the next year. Yeah, you got to walk in just ripped. If you're like, yeah, I'm heavier, but you look the same, I don't want to hear about it. Unless you're telling me it's 10 pounds of muscle, which I love because it's impossible. It's impossible (laughs) to add 10 pounds of muscle. But I love that every year there's someone who added 10 pounds of muscle. Just straight muscle. <laughs> if you do that, then you could, you could talk about gaining weight. Hey, Jalen Green, did Steven Silas recognize you when he walked in? Yeah? Get back in the weight room, buddy. Go away. Clearly not enough. Oh, I love Media Day. Muscle Watch, hashtag Muscle Watch. Eric, Muscle Watch. It's really what Media Day is about. It's about expectations. You love your team. Chemistry's great. Love what we did this off season. I gained 10 pounds. If you're overweight, you lost 10 pounds. 10 pounds of muscle. Everyone looks great. And then you know what? The ball gets rolled out. And then we find out who are the posers and who's legit. So media day is over. We're going to talk about the Boston Celtics situation. Up next, Ethan Sherwood-Strauss, Truth Teller. You all think I'm late. Well, I'm not late. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause, even if this room gets filled with lies like these. And the tailors and all their armies come marching into this place. Somebody will listen to me. There's no better way to overpower a trickle of doubt than with a flood of naked truth. But the complexity and the gray lie not in the truth. But what you do with the truth once you have it. What is true and right is true and right for all. You and I both know that that's just not the truth. You can't handle the truth! It's too messy. Keeps them up nice. I'm here because in the end, the truth is worth the risk. Speak a little truth and people lose their minds. I'm a grown man. You can tell me the truth. Why is it people who want the truth never believe it when they hear it? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something really outrageous. I'm going to tell the truth. How many times have we gotten Ethan Strauss on this show? I feel like he's not a returning guest at this point. I feel like he's a regular. Mm. Needs no introduction to our listeners at Basketball Illuminati. Truth teller, Ethan Sherwood Strauss from the House of Strauss, former ESPN colleague who, in many ways, we were hand in hand at a lot of creative exploits there. 
at ESPN. Yeah, people thought it was weird that we'd hold hands when creating things, but it really helped our process. I agree. <laughs> that wasn't my hand. Arm in arm, <laughs> interlocked. It's just we started doing it at the first summit in Bristol. It worked. And so you don't want to, it's superstition at that point, Tom. So let's talk about Boston Media Day here because that's the news. Ooh. Since you wrote your story last week, so appropriately titled, ESPN, CAA, Woj, and Ime Doka. Lots of stuff in there to get into. But now that you have seen the press conference from Brad Stevens and then afterwards the media day from the Celtics players, is there anything that you've seen, Ethan, from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart that changes the story in your eyes? I think first off, I never believe people in the NBA in these controversies when they say, I haven't talked to Blank. Ah. It could be true, but I never believe it. So when they, they kept saying, oh, I haven't talked to you, I haven't talked to you, it almost felt a little bit rehearsed and possible, but gun to my head, I probably don't believe that. I think the most interesting takeaway was Jalen Brown saying that he didn't quite know if there is something consensual there or not. It didn't seem like they disliked him and were trying to throw him under the bus, but they also weren't exactly rallying to his defense either, which, I mean, that's just the tea leaves as I read them, where it just seems like they're accepting that something happened that should not have happened. They're also not necessarily livid at him or want to get him on out of there. And so those were some takeaways I had. Did you feel good about that? I felt like you were trailing off there at the end of like, I guess those are some of the takeaways. Okay, so I'm <laughs> glad you asked me that question because I do feel a little bit on a limb where I'm doing the, what does Levitar call it? Body language interpretation. Yeah. It does feel like this fake science of I'm watching these guys do this press conference across the country and everything is rehearsed. Everything they're briefed on, you should respond this way, you should respond that way. It didn't seem like they necessarily followed the script of it, but I don't want to read too much into any of it. And really, a lot of what I'm doing, a lot of what I'm writing about is more how this is covered. To me, the most interesting aspect, it's less what these guys are saying in the press conference. It's more that I got to say, ESPN is trying to bury the story. It's been fascinating to watch that. I talked about it with my guy, Glass Spiegel. We were comparing the websites of the Athletic NBA and Yahoo NBA on Sunday night with ESPN NBA, you could easily just check out ESPN that night and not be aware that there was any scandal regarding the Celtics. You had to scroll 10 stories down. This was Sunday night, and I'm talking about the NBA section, right? This is not after we've got this influx of training camp news that you could plausibly say on a Monday or a Tuesday that that should fill the page, but you had to go 10 stories down to find anything on the Celtics. The headlines they used kind of obscured whatever was happening. It really emphasized Missoula, the new interim coach. And you couldn't see it at all on the ESPN homepage. That was fascinating because I know from my perspective, what I wrote about for my website set a record, okay? Ryan wrote about this whole story and that did numbers for him on the New York Post. So there is clearly an organic interest in this sex scandal that's blown up, there's a lot of mystery surrounding it. And the coach of the Celtics that went to the finals has been suspended for a year. And we don't have all the answers. And it seems as though ESPN, the biggest league partner and the biggest voice in media, doesn't really want those answers. So that was my main takeaway and how this has all played out. At the risk of sounding very leading, why do you think that is? Well, that's something that Ryan and I discussed. And I think. He went with a bunch of different options, and you could say that on the TV platform, 
of ESPN, there was this very awkward interchange with Malika Andrews and Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A., with all due respect, this is not about pointing the finger. Stop. What became apparent to me in this press conference is that we do not have all of the information here. And it was frustrating to me that the Celtics declined to elaborate or to give more specifics about what exactly the rule breaking was that led us to this point. So that I just want to get that out of the way first. But to answer your question, Molly, I think what stood out to me, I, I think what stood out to me is that Brad Stevens, he was upset. That's what stood out to me about what he termed uh, rampant Twitter uh, BS is the word that he used, that women were unfairly dragged into this within the Celtics organization. You could see that Brad Stevens was visibly upset about this. And I also found that to be gross and unnecessary, that folks were bringing in the names and the images of women that is just not a fact. It was purely speculation. And so to me, that is what stood out. But the Celtics as an organization could have done more. And short of doing more ahead of this yesterday, they could have owned that responsibility in this press conference. I understand that there were legal parameters that they had to operate within uh, for everybody involved. And I appreciate the fact that they brought in uh, outside counsel and did a thorough organization. And I think that that is something that was clearly uh, necessary in this situation. But the fact that it was able to go on all day, the fact that we are sitting here debating whether somebody else should have been suspended or not, we are not here, Stephen A., to further blame women. That is not why we are here. First of all, let me be very clear. I don't appreciate where you're going with that. I'm not blaming anybody but Ime Udoka. He deserves, the fact of the matter is I've said, he deserved to be fired if they were going to fire him. If you're not going to fire him, then don't fire him. My issue is all of this being publicized. The point that I'm trying to make is just like you're not mentioning. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I listen to you. You're the one telling me to stop on my show. It ain't happening. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I've already said, he deserves to be fired or he deserves what to, to be there and handle it internally and privately. If you're not going to handle it privately, if you're going to publicize it in that fashion, then obviously it provokes everybody wanting to know, OK, well, who are the parties involved when you have Amina Smith in Boston and other women pointing out the fact that there were women who were wrongly implicated in all of this? It's a disservice to them. I didn't come out with the report about a consensual relationship. I didn't come out with the report ahead of time leaking that we were they were going to suspend him for the year. They did that. And my point is, considering how pervasive this kind of stuff has, has, has existed in professional sports for many years, my whole point is, is that, excuse me, make sure that you handle it in the same fashion it has always been handled. You could have fired him. And then we could have speculated till the cows come home, but he's gone. But to keep him there, keep him employed, but in the same breath, suspend him for a year, then also that year is indefinite 
that is the issue that I have. Nobody's trying to protect Ime Udoka, and certainly nobody is trying to protect, uh, is to is to excoriate the women involved or anything like that. I'm talking about how things of this matter are usually handled from an HR perspective, from an organizational perspective. That is not consistent with what we have seen throughout the years. That is the only point that I was trying to make. I'm not trying to attack anybody. And if anybody deserves to be attacked, it's Ime Udoka for putting himself in this position. I've made that very clear. I'm just talking about you got owners and everybody else. They know the kind of stuff that's going on. You didn't say anything about anybody else. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about them. They didn't say anything about everybody else. Mm. All the other times this stuff has happened. But now when it comes to him, it's all over the place. That is my issue. That is my only issue. I appreciate that clarification. And I think that getting back to Molly's initial question, that is what stood out to me from the press conference. My reaction to the press conference, and I, I appreciate you clarifying that, Stephen A., is that the only thing that was made clear to me in this is that we are missing a key piece of information here. That is my reaction to the press conference. So there might be a sense of, ooh, it's a little too hot to touch right there. There are some issues right there that might not work out. That was something that he emphasized, but the thing I emphasized to me, as you know, and you would, I'm guessing, agree, you've got a CAA rep coach in a scandal, and the guy who dominates how news coverage happens in the NBA for ESPN has a very tight CAA relationship. And it's not a complicated conspiracy. It's not Charlie Day caffeinated nicotine with all the different charts and strings. Maybe Sylvia. It's not Homeland with Carrie Bradshaw. I think it's pretty simple. It's not Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Carrie Bradshaw with Sex in the City. Mm. Oh, Matheson. <laughs> Carrie Matheson. I got Claire Danes with a martini and some Manolo Blahnik high It was Abu Ghraib. Carrie Bradshaw would be writing an entire article that is comprised entirely of questions. Why is it that CAA clients get better coverage on ESPN? Has it always been that way? Will it change? And why do men love models? Why do they love models so much? <laughs> to give some backdrop here, Ethan, Amin, and I used to work at ESPN. And I remember when big breaking news story would happen, the news stack is controlled by the ESPN news desk. And if a huge breaking news story like the head coach of the East Champs, Boston Celtics, one of the biggest media markets in the country, has a sex scandal going on in real time, the whole section would huddle up and figure out how do we cover this 360 breaking news, investigative reporters. We want that basketball side of it, the coaching side of it, all of the different angles, the legal side of things. It would be wall to wall coverage. And we would also have what Royce Webb, your editor, also invented, I want to say invented the five on fives, which is all the writers who have strong opinions on this or have a insight into this big story that's breaking right now. Let's own this and have five questions to the five reporters and we will cover it from all those different angles. As far as I can tell, the biggest news story since, it's funny saying this, since Robert Sarver a week before had none of that treatment. What we did have is Malika Andrews, the lead reporter and host of NBA Today, Going at Stephen A. Smith saying, no, you are not going to speak on this. 
And here's why. Yeah. And yet what I noticed, Ethan, and you did talk about this with Ryan, and I thought it was a really intelligent conversation about this subject. What I'm struck by is that Malika Andrews is a great reporter. Yep. She could write a column or have a news story about the information that she has, which is why she's pushing back on Stephen A. Smith. And ESPN doesn't have anything from her. No. What's that about? Because they have people in Bristol and elsewhere who can give some analysis to this situation and it's nowhere. It's a huge void. And what ends up happening is there's shrapnel everywhere, everywhere. That informational void by the worldwide leader has created a very uncomfortable, I guess, the entire landscape. Why is ESPN avoiding this topic? I frankly think we know why. And you don't want to assume too much. But I have to say, we do have some circumstantial evidence that when CAA represented Sean Marks, GM of the Nets, when Kevin Durant said that he wanted to be traded unless Marks and Steve Nash were fired over the summer, that story was exploding. The Athletic reported it. Shams Tarania reported it. It was all over Fox Sports NBA throughout the day. And nobody on ESPN touched it until sundown, until late at night. It was six hours of that exploding. It was the biggest story of the offseason until these recent stories. And so when you see that, it's hard not to notice. Again, I don't think it's an elaborate conspiracy. I don't think it's inordinately complex. It's just a massive conflict of interest that would appear to tilt the coverage. And what confounds it a little bit, though, is that the TV side isn't so beholden to it. The way it works is you're saying, Tom, it's the news desk is informed by the person in charge of the coverage who has the authority. But the TV side is subject to different pressures. They desperately need ratings. And Stephen A does not care. He doesn't care. It's almost ironic that he was the most pro Udoka voice because he's repped by WME. I don't think he cares about CAA anything. The Knicks are CAA'd out, and he will kill them and crush them when he sees fit. So the TV coverage, I don't think, is subject as much to this pressure, but they are informed to a degree by the reporting. And I think one of the reasons why Stephen A. appeared to be misinformed or not informed fully about all the contours of this story is because he was looking to Woj to take the lead. And it seems like Woj has presented a very rosy picture of whatever Udoka is involved in. Still on Friday, I didn't even mention it in my article because I hadn't seen the Woj reaction to the press conference. But he was still talking about, ladies and gentlemen, get your Udoka. It's not the last time that you heard from old Ime Udoka, which just nobody in the league is talking that way right now. It's fascinating. And another thing I will add, the interesting wrinkle to me is that the guy who's replaced in Missoula as interim coach for the Celtics, and I've heard good things about Missoula. I'm not trying to crush him as a hire or anything, but he's also backed by CAA, and it seems like the coverage inordinately on ESPN is, oh, Missoula time. We're talking Missoula. We're talking about this at all. It's all about Missoula. The top headline right now, which is one, two, three, four, five stories down in the side scroll with no presence on their site for this sex scandal blowing up the Celtics is confused Celtics ready to move on with Missoula. Do you think people looking into this story who want to read about it are primarily looking for Missoula, a guy they've never heard of, 
Or do you think they're looking now, for... Ethan? <laughs> Missoula was great on that West Virginia team back <laughs> when they made the tournament run. Huggy Bear swears by him. I'm sure there's interest in who the new coach of the Celtics is. But you're right. Any headline about him should be new Celtics coach, colon, <laughs> quote, whatever he said. Yeah. Or new interim Celtics coach. Like the fact that they would name check his name is absurd but again i guess even even i have limits to my beliefs in the sense that i just can't imagine there's that much control happening where not only are we going to run this story and place it high up but we're also going to use the dude's name in it the ca influence has to have some sort of bound doesn't it i mean i think it does i think if a story reaches a certain level there's no controlling it they got to do something. There are limits. I mean, they kind of did reach a certain level and they did seem to control it, according to you. I'm like laughing at what would happen if, I don't know, some crazy fantastical scenario occurred. Like Udoka walks to center court in the middle of a game with a sign saying, hire me back, like how they would cover it, you know, in the most boring manner. He just stands outside the arena holding a boombox <laughs> over his head. And they would just say, Former Celtics coach asks questions of team. Makes him passionate plea. And then we'll just like, and this is one of the reasons why a lot of teams want this guy. It's mind-bending to see it all play out. And I think it's going to be largely successful, I would add, because as much interest as this story has organically, as much as people want to know about it, I do think people look to ESPN to tell them what is important and what should be covered. And there is almost an alignment of interest right here because ESPN doesn't want to talk about this story. I don't think the Celtics want to talk about the story either. And so I could see this getting played off stage despite people wanting answers. I talked to someone inside the league, name dropping, not going to do it. I'm just going to pump my chest about an anonymous source who was watching the coverage unfold and noticed how like Scott Van Pelt had asked Woj live on the air in a Sports Center segment. You can appreciate that my questions are one of the specifics, and I can appreciate that this is a story that is that is just sort of evolving. So, is there any sense of when there may be some clarity uh, for you that you could share with the rest of us, Woj? And Scott, I, I do think there's clarity looming on what the the possible length of this suspension will okay. be Woj responding to the question sidestepped it yeah. and didn't answer the question from Scott Van Pelt. And no one seemed to in real time address what the transgression was. And then Shams came out with the report that there was a female, as you noted, very important for some reason to note that it was a female staffer, that there was a consensual, intimate relationship with a female staffer that he is being disciplined for. Now, what I find interesting about this story is how that word consensual has evaporated from the conversation, or at least from the reporting. Yeah. I believe Woj had the word consensual in there in a tweet, but in the news stories at ESPN, I don't see that. And from a journalism standpoint, if you're going to run with that, the word consensual, you're getting that from some source. Mm -hmm. Someone is telling you, hey, this is a consensual relationship. And unless that source is the victim here, I don't know how you run that. Yeah. If this was just purely a relationship that took place where there was no friction and no hackles raised, everything went smoothly. It's two consenting adults. Maybe they were not faithful to their significant others, but they're just insistent that they had a relationship that they were both comfortable with. Would this all be happening? This is not a question of what actually occurred between them. But being fairly intuitive and 
reaching obvious conclusions. No, there isn't a law firm hired. There isn't a stoic press conference. Something clearly happened here. And you would think that the broader media would try to get answers about that rather than going like, oh, I, you know, I don't know. I guess it's Missoula time. I mean, the crazy thing to me was the press conference happens. It appears the Celtics have some sort of information that I don't want to say is damning, but they've got some sort of information. That's how they presented themselves. There was at least two violations that Wick Grosbeck said, and then zip, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. And then in the aftermath of the press conference, this wasn't in my article because I was talking about what Woj was saying Thursday night, but this is Friday. The press conference has happened. And this is the Woj quote. I mean, it's just crazy. I feel like it's underrated how crazy this is. It certainly does leave Ime Udoka in a limbo here as the season begins. This is from the perspective of Udoka. Again, he was given no assurance that he would be back as Celtics coach. I think what Boston is doing now is leaving open the possibility, of course, that they could bring him back, but certainly not committing to anything. What? (laughs) That's what you get from the press conference? That There's an open possibility? I mean, how is that a mean? How is that going to work? I don't think it is, which is the weird thing. Why don't they just fire him? That's the thing that a lot of people that I talk to have just asked, like, why are they doing this? Why don't they just fire him? Because let me walk you through some of the possibilities. Yeah. What if Missoula does great? Luke Walton 2.0? What if they win the championship? What if he Tom Brady's this thing? Nick Nurse 2.0, where it's just Mm. the assistant gets promoted and then... But worse, at least Nick Nurse was the coach and... Dwayne Casey was gone. I'm talking more like a Tom Brady situation. We're like, Drew Bledsoe's our quarterback. He's a pro bowler. He got hurt. All right, let's get the Brady kid in there. Oh, shit, we kept winning. Oh, shit, we won the Super Bowl. You gonna go back to the other dude? What if they do awful? What if they start the year 10 and 45? Which, by the way, I'm not saying it's very likely, but no Robert Williams for two months, no Gallinari for the year, a guy whose entire coaching experience happened at Division II Fairmont State. Shout out to Fairmont State. My cousin went there. <laughs> it's such a weird... Well, I was like, oh shit, Like yeah, I know that place. So that's a young dude. Like Will Hardy is 34, was the former associate head coach with the Celtics, now is the head coach with the Jazz. Before he was in Boston, he was in San Antonio. Will Hardy been around. He done the NBA thing. Again, this isn't a disparaging of Joe Mazzulla. It's just a question. A question to be asked. What if this guy with relatively light NBA experience, the majority of his coaching experience came at a Division II college in West Virginia. What if this moment is too big for him? Are you suggesting that Udoka comes back? No, I'm just saying, what do you do then? Mm. This is a team that went to the finals and went out and quote unquote got better because they went and got Malcolm Brogdon. What do you do if this team starts bad? Do you make a change? So Missoula was the best pick on the rest of this staff. Okay, who's the next guy after that? It's effectively not a name, but it's the GM effectively is the best choice. Okay, but he didn't want to do it for whatever reason. He didn't want to keep the seat warm or whatever. So he comes back. And by the way, there's a reason why he's not the coach anymore, right? I'm looking at Marcus Smart's quote from Media Day saying, I mean, nobody died. I mean, we didn't lose anything. I still love Ime as a person and a coach. It's just unfortunate that happened to him. It doesn't take away from what he did as a coach, how he turned this thing around. Mm. How he turned this thing around. Turn this thing around from whom? Mm. Okay, well, you could interpret that as a shot at Stevens. You could also say that the Celtics did not have a good beginning of the season. They were headed in a bad direction. I'm sure if we asked him that, that's what he said. All I'm saying is Brad Stevens was not the coach anymore for a reason. It wasn't because he was the first instance in the history of the NBA of someone being offered 
president of basketball ops and coaching at the same time. Like, no, no, I can only do one. That's not what happened here. What happened was they said, we love you, Brad, and we think you have a lot to offer us, but we need a new voice in that locker room. So, again, what happens if things go wrong? And at the end of this, does Ime come back? Can you walk in as a head coach when you clearly don't have the confidence of your organization? No. We have 75-plus years of the league that have taught us this. I'm surprised. I'll say this. I want more support from Amin on the CAA conspiracy, because otherwise it sounds like I'm out in a limb and I'm crazy. To me, it's not lack of support. It's just the lengths that they'll go to. Or is this CAA or is it Adrian? Mm. Is it Adrian on behalf of CAA? But it's not like CAA gives a shit. I feel like he's a go-getter. Yeah. He's going above and beyond. And it could be a situation where the powers that be at CAA are just going, I didn't even ask for that. Right. <laughs> it's like when your cat brings you a dead bird. You're going, sure, I guess. I didn't want you to do that. And the cat's like, I'll bring you another one. It's like, I don't, I don't, I didn't want the first one. There's an element of this that I guess that's part of the pitch, right? Like, hey. Give me your stuff and I'll take care of your clients. As time has gone by, I wonder if it is a CA directive or if it's more of a case of Adrian trying to demonstrate his value. Now, the first step to any erotic conquest is to D, demonstrate your value. To the agency beyond, obviously, the salary that he earns. And by the way, you say the rest of the league says, oh, no one's touching email with a 10-foot pole now. I say to you, what if there was a bastion of CAA activity ah. that has its own issues with its head coach? Mm. You don't see that as a possible thing? I mean, can you just give us a hint of me? Can you just like, give us a hypothetical? Oh, I don't know. Maybe four or five hours down I-95 south? Ah. Get him in a building that's like a really famous building. Mm. Not just famous here, but like in Canada, ah, in yeah. Brazil, in Spain. Like a world famous arena named for a shape maybe yeah yeah something botanical give me some botanical also yeah it's interesting the capital of wisconsin circle courtyard okay 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 it's, it's enough hinting it's enough insinuation i did want to note that when the story broke and i went to espn about this story and read what they had written there was glowing paragraphs about udoka's job there Maybe one sentence of like, he led the Celtics to the finals would do it. Yeah. But it was just lavish praise, a paragraph upon paragraph upon paragraph. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all the women in the workplace in the NBA who are now watching this story unfold. And I heard it from someone after this story broke where it was like, people are focusing on the Celtics and what it's like to work in that organization right now if you're a woman. And seeing all of the harassment from social media, having Mark Spears have to come out and say a report, Allison Feaster is not involved in this story, almost as like a please stop doing this, you horrible world out there. Stop doxing these women. Think about what it's like to be at the other organizations who look around and see 97% of my workplace is men. What if this happens here? I assume something similar will play out because nobody's in control of the internet. I mean, as much as there was critique and criticism of how ESPN and The Athletic reported this too early, I just think that this is an issue that nobody really has a solve for, that there's going to be this speculation. I mean, that's what was fascinating about it. There was a USA Today piece completely ripping apart the Celtics for not putting all the information out there, but it's not too hard to reason through it and go, well, if they do that, should they just serve up 
the person potentially who might be a victim and just put all their info out in front street? You know, is that what they should be doing? Not only that, but also to me, if you're not a public figure, I think the standards are different for the players and for the coaches and indeed even some members of the front office. These are public figures. There is a responsibility there. Whereas in a couple other scenarios, as someone who works in the office, there's no expectation that people are supposed to know who I am, even if I've done something that violated a code of conduct, but not necessarily rises to the level of, you know, a criminal investigation or anything like that. The other question is, again, how isolated do you guys think this is? Oh, depends on the this. The this where there's an inappropriate relationship between a public figure in the organization and a non-public figure. Happens all the time. Exactly. And I think that's the other part of this that isn't getting talked about or maybe needs to get talked about a little bit more is the idea that like, yo, as shocking as this may all be, you're not the only one. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, don't believe, oh, we got him. We got the one guy. That's why I use the Peter Goober quote that there are no rules, but you break them at your peril. Yeah. Oh, I love that quote. It's a great quote. And it really explains a lot of what happens in the NBA that Look, a lot of people are breaking this particular rule, and it's fine as long as it goes fine. I mean, fine is in consequences, people, if somebody's making a judgment on it. As far as consequences go, there are no consequences as long as she's cool with it, and you're cool with it, and you can manage it. But something went wrong here, and it became a situation where the rules were broken, and it was at somebody's peril, and you're seeing it play out because... It would not be going this way if it was simply a boss and a subordinate having that kind of relationship, a public figure and a non-public figure having that kind of relationship in an organization. Because as Amin is saying, it does happen and has happened all the time in the NBA. What did we make about Jalen Brown's comments where at media day, he says, quote, I wish we had more details. From what we know, it's hard to make a decision based on whether it's consensual or not in the workplace, which we know has happened before in the workplace, as you guys are suggesting. It looks like there is more to it than meets the eye. <laughs> Jalen Brown has his third eye open on this yeah. and saying, just wait, the other shoe is about to drop, or at least it seems like we're not privy to the details. Let's hold judgment here. We don't know what's happening. And it does seem like the Celtics are not informing the players about what happened on this, which I don't know if that's surprising. It is just notable that it seems like the Celtics have tried to limit the exposure of this and not even letting the players in on what exactly happened here. And then media day happens. Yeah. Well, you tell your players it gets out. I mean, that's kind of where it's at. And then there's this other aspect where if they think something truly went wrong and they might blame Udoka for it, but they have legal exposure if something went wrong. So they're in a tricky spot where the worst the thing is that he potentially did the worse it is for them, potentially. You know, in most instances, when a team wants to fire a coach, they might want it out there that he's bad and he deserved it and everything else, which explains their decision. But in this case, the incentives are a little bit perverse, you might say, and they might not want to say everything they know, even if they think it's totally deserved and he went way over the line because then it becomes, well, what workplace were you running? You know, what did you know? And when did you know it? Yeah. Those are the sorts of things you're trying to figure out. So here we are almost a week later. We still don't have all the details, but I want to go back to 
the now infamous original Woj tweet with the fancy new graphic being unveiled. Mm. It's so baffling to me. There's this urgency to be first. (laughs) There's this urgency to come out and be incredibly vague about a story that still has not been clarified. Put it out there. Start all the rampant speculation. There's the follow-up tweet from Shams with some details that may or may not have been accurate. And then, like you've pointed out so descriptively in your article, there's essentially a suppression by Woj's shingle of this story. So why do you need to break this in such a spectacular way and then not talk about it when there's no information to be had? Hmm. Because maybe the breaking of the information is credibility and it's cachet, but the game isn't just about breaking the information and there's a bigger game. This is getting meta right here, but you see this big battle for who controls Twitter and Musk puts up all this money and then maybe changes his mind. And everybody is saying that's way too much money for Twitter because Twitter is not that profitable, but it's not about how much money Twitter makes. It's about how powerful it is to control the flow of information for certain actors, for certain people who want the culture to be directed in whatever which way. And I think there might be something happening like that with NBA. And it's all about power and it's all about control of the information. And it's not about necessarily capitalizing on a news story and putting out whatever people want to know about. Ethan, let me ask you this. Someone I was talking to late last week asked me, is this the inflection point? Specifically that tweet by Adrian, a tweet to say, I have news, but I can't tell you what it is. Mm. But I also have this image graphic in there. And I have my face on it. Also, I had to get this in here on this breaking news. Also, we're going to have breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, and a imaginary scroll on the bottom. That was my favorite part. They had the word breaking news 8 million times on there. But is this the inflection point where people are beginning to look at him like perhaps the actions of a clown here? Well, maybe. And I don't think it's just them looking at him. I think they're looking at the whole thing as fairly sordid now. In terms of the credibility of it. And they're looking at the entire industry and how its media operates as part of one big game that isn't on the up and up. I've seen that sea change, at least among hardcore fans, where they wouldn't have been talking this way 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, it would have been... It was just hashtag Woj bomb. Or they would have just thought any sort of report, the way they would have delegitimized it if they didn't like it was, oh, he's in the tank for the Celtics. Oh, he's in the tank for the Warriors. Oh, he's in the tank for the Suns. They would have made that assumption. But now it does seem like there's more of a savviness among hardcore fans of, oh, there are agency machinations at play here, and that's what the game is really about. And I don't know if it's an inflection point. I don't know if it's a sea change. I just know I see more people thinking along those lines. And I got to say, I do think I've had a little something to do with that. But you're going to have to see more people like myself and you guys talking about it, I think, for it to really reach a critical mass. God, I'm such a douchebag, by the way. Now you're a douchebag? I would take back my whole little self-advertisement nope. that I did. No, nope, it's in there. It's already out there. It's impossible. You know what is getting taken back? This retraction that you're trying to make. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. No, I want that in there too. That's the full thing. <laughs> 
I get caught in the air sometimes. I feel like when you have your own shop like this and it's behind a paywall, you want to self-advertise. Then you do it. You actually do it. And you go like, ah, that didn't sound right. That didn't sound great. That sounded a little bit desperate. That sounded like a certain reporter advertising for one Ime Udoka when he's in battle. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Ethan, douchebag. <laughs> the four breaking newses. It could be. It could be. I'm not any expert in how that all happens. I would say this. It seems like an unsustainable situation over there at ESPN where there's such micromanaging control of the news. And it seems like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And even if the powers that be over there aren't focused on that as their primary issue, I do think that it's increasing in salience. And there's more of a sense that it can't really continue this way. But if you have the opportunity to put CAA, ESPN, Woj, and the next coach or the next player involved in a scandal, man. Ooh, ooh. I don't think it's good for them. It is good for my website. The gaps in coverage, the suppression of news that is organically interesting. Yeah, Ethan, can you imagine if news outlets delivered the news? What would you do with your time? I would be so screwed. Oh, my God. I would have trouble paying the mortgage if such a thing happened. So... Look, I want better coverage. I want better entertainment. But at least there's an upside if it all goes bad from the perspective of old House of Strauss over here. What's interesting to me is the fact that people outside the NBA are reporting on this more in depth than NBA reporters. As you guys pointed out on the show, Kevin Frazier reporting some information, according to well-placed sources, even after the affair was discovered by the Celtics, the female staffer continued to work with Nia Long on her move to... Boston. She did not learn about the affair until the disciplinary action by the franchise was made public. And I'm wondering, this void, Ethan, of information is fueling the speculation, is fueling this underworld and exposing a lot of doxing and a lot of throwing around people's names that weren't involved. And I'm wondering, is the tact of protecting that staffer? I don't know the answer to this. Yeah, that's a tough one. But it creates this information void because legally, it's not fair to throw out this person's name into the world. But it also, this situation isn't tenable either, where a bunch of people, innocent people, are being thrown into the mix as possible suspects of this scandal. And it feels like to me, maybe there are no good options here. Yeah, yeah. I definitely went through that thought process because you go, okay, well, why am I not naming the staffer involved in this when Black Sports Online and some others have named the staffer involved in this? And I couldn't really come up with a cogent rationale in my mind other than, eh, it feels like I don't need to. Man, it just feels like I don't need to, not a public figure, don't really want to. But again, we're back in the there are no rules and you break them at your peril zone because it's not like there's any hard and fast journalism rule about that. It was just kind of a sense of, okay, well, I'm just not going to, seems like I shouldn't do that. And it's a very murky zone that this particular story walked us all into. I want to ask you about the Matt Barnes video. Since I'm a part of the media now and I tried not to be like everyone else. Uh, I try to, you know, report and talk with facts and and, and honesty. And I clearly have to say last night, uh, without knowing all the facts, I spoke on Ime Udoka's defense. And after finding out the facts after I spoke, I erased what I posted because this situation in Boston is deep. It's messy. It's a hundred times uglier than any of us thought. And that's why I erased what I said. Uh, Some things happened that I can't condone, I can't back. And 
it's not my place to tell you what happened. If it ends up coming out, it ends up coming out. But that was the reason why I erased my post last night because after I posted it, I got a call from someone who had all the details and the shit is deep. So, man, praying for everybody involved. Um, you know, hope everyone gets through this. It almost felt like he was teasing something. Yeah, it felt like the first season of True Detective. It was quite the tease of something mysterious and quite bad, is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be glib about this whole situation. Percosa. It seems like this is maybe inevitable that this gets really gross the way that this is being reported. And I mean, use that word gross on Levitard when this was breaking. But to me, the way that this has spread so quickly and former NBA players are having to retract statements and make statements on what seems like Ime Doka's behalf or finding out, this could all be handled if the coverage by reporters got to the bottom of this and reported out what was really happening. Mm. And that void, that information void that has been created by multiple parties involved, including, I mean, I'm not reporting getting at the bottom of this and I'm not going out here and saying, this is what happened. Maybe there wasn't a good way to have this story break. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure that there was, although you could report what you know about the situation and say, it's a situation with a staffer. We're keeping the staffer anonymous. It's not a public figure, but here's what's going on. And not immediately break into doing defense on behalf of Udoka because you don't know. For all we know, Udoka is far more innocent than what meets the eye. Like We don't know. But that's why you don't immediately launch into... I don't understand why this is happening to him because it's happened with other people and it wasn't a big deal as Stephen A was doing or saying that teams will be lining up for Udoka basically or going with consensual and we don't actually know that. And I think to what you're saying, there's probably no solution for the information void generating interest and random people on the internet looking into this in a way that exposes non-public figures to an unsavory scrutiny. But I also think then that people who are credentialed in the media shouldn't be leaping to Yudoka defense absent information, absent us really knowing enough. That's at least best practices, that you don't immediately try to tilt the narrative in a particular direction. Ethan, I don't know what I was saying to Dominique. I love having you on. Uh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on and can't wait to have you back on the show. Lonzo Ball, guys, it's a lot worse than we all expected. You know, last week, remember, news came out and it's like, oh, a debridement, arthroscopic knee scope there, and four to six weeks, we'll reevaluate. Well, boys, a week later, they start talking, and Billy Donovan sounds like a man who believes that Lonzo Ball is going to be out for the year. They're talking about this dude can't walk up the stairs without pain in his knee. They're talking about range of motion issues. This is like the seventh millionth left knee injury that Lonzo Ball's had in his pro career. I thought you were going to go with the Chicago Bulls point guard knee injuries. Oh. Just like we had Derrick Rose. We had Dwayne Wade at the end of his career. 
I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I don't want to be a Chicago Bull. If I'm an NBA player, that is nerve wracking. Asked if he must think of Ball's absence potentially being season long. Bulls coach Billy Donovan, according to Darnell Mayberry, friend of the program, Donovan said, quote, I think you have to. This is the part where maybe it was about a month ago. I was going through the teams in both the East and the West. And someone said, well, there's so many teams. What do you think is going to happen? And I said, God will sort them out. And this is God starting to sort them out. Boston and Chicago this week. We're already starting to see the sorting. Yeah, I just don't know how Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. Did you see Kyle Lowry? Basically told Pat Riley to F off when asked about the weight gain and all well, that. He's gained more weight? 